Well, hello, everyone. I am Laura Ellsworth welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Rick Holm and Joni Holm. And we are here to answer your medical questions. So give us a call at 605-692-1430. Dr. Deb Johnston is here with us this morning to answer our questions. Dr. Johnston's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Johnston. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, Bob. Good morning to all of our wonderful listeners. Call us, please. Otherwise, you're going to hear me just babble. So please call. Give us some questions. We love questions. We love questions. 605-692-1430. As Bob says, free medical advice. Give us a call. (laughs) We can talk it all through. That's good. Free medical education. I can't give individual advice because I don't know the whole story, but I'm happy to share what knowledge I have. I do want to point out that I am wearing a mask again today Mm -hmm. because I have caught my first cold since the pandemic began. And I don't want to share it with you guys the way my husband shared it with me. Oh, thank (laughs) you, Bob. Bob just handed me a cough drop. I appreciate that. I actually stopped to get some Sudafed this morning, but the line was too long at the pharmacy. Oh, sure. So this cough drop will help hold you over. So you can get back over there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So your first cold, huh? My first cold. I went through the whole pandemic without one. I did take a COVID test. I want you guys to know that. So I am not sitting here, even in my mask, giving you COVID or exposing you to COVID. But yeah. uh, Well, we appreciate you wearing a mask. Yes. Yeah, we don't really want your cold. Thank you. No, you don't want my cold. (laughs) And if there's one positive change, I think I hope that people will be more aware of that and more likely to try to protect other people when they are sick. Mm-hmm. I It's a little embarrassing to think back about to all the times that I would see patients. Yeah, Bob is, is carefully scooting the, the plexiglass divider over to give him more protection here. So, sorry, Laura, you're just out of luck. Um, <laughs> But but I'm a little embarrassed, a, a little sheepish to think back to all the times that I saw patients while I was sick with, with respiratory things. Not the flu. If I thought I had the flu, I wouldn't do that. Influenza, I mean. But, boy, I, I hope this is one part of our culture that we incorporate a change into to be more conscientious if you're able to stay home when you're sick and to take some simple steps like wearing a mask to protect other people when you're sick. Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Johnson, this is the first time I've seen you since we had that 20th anniversary show. Oh my gosh, wasn't that wonderful? It was really wonderful. I wanted to hear about your reflections on on that. Oh boy, you know, I think we could have had a five-hour program about Rick and all the all the lives he touched and all the things he did and everybody had wonderful stories about Rick and I I was actually on the phone recently with a another doctor who was a resident with us and and he had a wonderful story about about Rick when he was in training and just so many people with so many wonderful stories and you know I held it together until the very end when Dr. Darnell was talking who grew up she she grew up with Rick and his kids and 
was talking about how much she missed him and on the TV she started to cry and I started to cry in the in the viewing area and yeah it was really a wonderful wonderful tribute to Rick yeah he, he's just so inspiring he and just really watching is. that show just remember I, like I'm ab- gonna get a tattoo that says what would Rick do Ooh, WWRD mm-hmm, yes mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah so when anybody sees me with a new tattoo on my wrist somewhere <laughs> know that know that it's uh, that's what it means yeah <laughs> yes. Dr. Darnell and I actually said we were gonna do that ah. we haven't we haven't made time for it we yet, haven't made that appointment yet we haven't made that appointment but I'm I'm kind of committed well, when you do, we'll have to get some pictures and put there, that on oh, our Facebook page. I like that idea. <laughs> Show everybody that. Well, it is time for us to go to our first break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. If you have a question, give us a call at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Before the break, Dr. Johnston and Bob and I were reflecting on that um, special anniversary show for the 20th season of the television program On Call with the Prairie Doc. If you missed it, uh, you can find that on our Prairie Doc website or our Prairie Doc Facebook page or on YouTube. Uh, definitely worth finding that and just sit down and enjoy an hour of reflecting mm-hmm. on Prairie Doc programs and uh, the life of Dr. Holman his vision his for vision. these programs. The other thing that I thought was really fun was seeing the four current Prairie Docs early in our appearances. Yes. And, um, how much we've changed and how little we've changed and uh that that was really fun i particularly enjoyed dr cruz's little skit as mary shelley that was really fun to watch yes that was really fun big thanks to all of our production crew for digging those out and editing and finding all that they did a great job oh my goodness did they put in a lot of work yeah that was it was really fun to see all of you in your early days in our early days (laughs) yes Yes. and how we've all matured now yes that's a good way to put it Absolutely. Well, our Prairie Doc topic this week for our television program this week is pediatrics. Yes. And children's medicine and keeping our kids safe and healthy. And um, the big news around Brookings, uh, we had a pretty major storm coming through Brookings um, last week, Thursday. And I just wanted to ask you, Dr. Johnston, um, for all of us, but also for our kids, from a mental health perspective, how do we help our kids process that storm. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, it's important to recognize that every kid had a somewhat different experience Mm -hmm. of that storm. Um, You know, some kids had their parents there with them. Mm -hmm. Some kids, their parents couldn't get, get wherever the kid was. Um, For some kids, they didn't have much of a trauma with that. Mm -hmm. Other kids lost pets. So I think... I think every kid and every family is going to have a little different experience with that. I think it helps that all the kids kind of have each other. Mm-hmm. They're not as isolated as they were, for example, with the pandemic. Um, and most of them are back in school. Mm-hmm. So they, they can kind of process that together and have that distraction together. So 
you know, talk with your kids, check in with your kids, see how they're doing, um, see what worries they have. Uh, you may want to review with them the family safety plan and mm-hmm. how to respond the next time this happens. I know that was kind of an issue in our house. We have, um, I have older children. They're they're in their mid to late teens, so they had a little bit more agency. They weren't waiting for for someone else to depend on them. But we also have uh, my father-in-law living with us, who was not making it down to the basement. Mm. They're there we would still be trying to get him down there oh, if we sure. if we tried so they had that conflict of you know how do we take care of grandpa what do we do with grandpa mm-hmm. and you know my 19 year old i think was going to carry grandpa down the stairs Aww. which i don't think would have been safe for either one of right, them right right so so having that more fleshed out safety plan so the kids know what they can do and what they should do can go a long ways towards reassuring them about how they'll handle it if it happens again. I have to just thank our public school system. They are so fabulous. Um, Our sixth grader just a couple weeks ago for his science class had to draw a floor plan and where they he would go in case of a tornado like just a few weeks ago so we and it was something that we had to sign as parents so to prove that we talked about it as a family so just a few weeks ago we we had an opportunity to talk about about it you know so thank you public schools for making us think about these things and talk about these things otherwise we we maybe would not have um I like what you mentioned about the kids having each other. It was really interesting after the storm to see um, adults kind of all came out and were yes. checking in on each other, but so were the kids. And that was really interesting. My um, nine-year-old was kind of, we were walking around the neighborhood and she was kind of checking in on her classmates and wanting to find people. And are you okay? Are you okay? And that was interesting to observe how our kids really wanted to reach out and see if they're people People were okay okay. as well and I think that was an important part of the process as we all processed that (laughs) I think so too storm so yeah yeah that was that was that was interesting that's for sure it it certainly was yeah it came so quickly Mm -hmm. wow Mm -hmm. it really did well hopefully everyone out there is doing okay being safe continue to be careful as we clean up yes this is a great opportunity a great time to stop and think, when was your last tetanus shot? As you are out there and you're picking up sticks and you're throwing away those disrupted shingles, if it's been more than 10 years since you've had your tetanus shot, you definitely need a booster. Uh, If you have a significant injury, we'll usually boost you after five years. So stop and think about that. And if you're due, go get that tetanus shot so that if you get poked or prodded while you're cleaning up that's one less thing that you have to worry about Mm -hmm. and have your kids wear shoes outside that's a great idea too (laughs) (laughs) like there's nails and all sorts of be wearing your shoes outside wearing your shoes that's right (laughs) yeah yes all right well it's time for us to go to our next break we thank you for listening to prairie doc radio on kbrk and on our podcast when we return we do have a question to answer and if anyone else has a question give us a call now at 605-692- 1430, 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. We are living in a stressful time as we deal with the global pandemic. 
the following are some tips to help your emotional health. Fuel your body by eating a healthy, well-balanced diet and drinking plenty of water. Aim to get seven to eight hours of sleep each night. Exercise every day. Take deep breaths and stretch often. Avoid risky or destructive behaviors such as abusing alcohol or drugs, excessive gambling, or ignoring public health recommendations. Spend time outside, such as going for a walk in a park, but follow social distancing guidelines. If you feel overwhelmed by the emotional pressures, reach out to family, friends, or your medical provider. This tip is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. 692-1430. Dr. Johnston, the question is, what should we do with children who are picky eaters? won't eat anything any advice that is such a frustrating problem (laughs) and such a common problem and i'm not sure when they grow out of that um Mm -hmm. because my 16 year old certainly has not um (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the funny thing about it is when she was young she was such a good eater there was very little she wouldn't eat and she's gotten pickier as she's gotten older so some of this depends a little bit on the age of the child Um, and some of it I want to kind of reframe that question for parents uh, particularly for young children what I will ask them when I see a young child for their well child checks is are there any food groups that they consistently won't eat because young children will often today I am only eating white food and tomorrow why would you ever think I would eat that it is white Mm -hmm. Um, But if over the course of the week, they're getting protein, they're getting fruits, they're getting vegetables, they are getting a variety of different foods or a variety of different food groups, then I encourage parents not to let this become a power struggle between the parent and the child. Keep offering a variety of healthy things and try not to make it too much of a focus. Remember that particularly with young children, they need to have multiple introductions to a food before the kind of new wear is off and they figure out if this is something they really like or not. Their natural reaction is to reject things that are new. Um, And some of this is also true for older children as well, but I start being a little more concerned with older children about developing eating disorders and I've had very young children developing pretty severe eating disorders so that's something to kind of keep in the back of your mind particularly if you start seeing your peripubescent child losing weight that's really concerning to me if a child starts losing weight Um, another thing to think about is some some children have what we call an oral aversion they have texture issues Mm. and there are foods that they just will not put in their mouth and some of those kids can really benefit from working with a skilled speech therapist to kind of help them get used to the idea of different textures in their mouths and um eating a variety of foods. So the first thing I do is 
look at the big picture. The second thing I do is look and see what are you modeling. If you're not eating any vegetables, you can't be upset if your child won't eat any vegetables. They're doing what they see you doing. So we as the adults, the parents, need to be sure that we are modeling good behaviors too uh, and that we are eating what's on the plate. And it doesn't mean that I won't eat nutmeg, for example. I don't like nutmeg. Yeah, you know, I eat almost everything else. Not real fond of fish either. But, you know, we as adults need to model what we want to see our children doing. We need to model trying different things. We need to model eating a well-balanced diet. And if we're not doing that, we've got to work on that before we really have any room to be trying to teach our children to do things differently. Or we need to have a frank conversation with them about this is a bad habit that mommy has and mommy really needs to work on it. So there's a few tips. Don't be afraid to talk to your child's doctor if if you have more concerns, if the concerns are deeper than that and those things aren't working. Uh, I love that taking a few bites of something multiple times actually is a good idea because I make my kids do this. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, a great idea. You have to have... this many peas you have to have this many beans like this is just the way it is um so i'm not just being a mean mom broccoli (laughs) this is this is science dr johnson says (laughs) you have to do this get exposure to all these different uh vegetables and fruits and yeah it is interesting to see like, and like you said, their taste will sometimes change. Like you, I feel like I have a winning meal. We kind of do thumbs up at our house. So how is this meal? Is the thumb straight up? Are we uh, thumbs down? Are we in between somewhere? My daughter's very honest with her reviews. <laughs> and so it's always interesting if you have a thumbs up meal. And I'm like, oh, great. And then I make it again. And it's uh, the next time. Like, what? <laughs> you know, so... Our tastes change, their tastes change, I guess. And um, what, how we catch them, what day will vary as well. So, and a great reminder about modeling. Thank you. Yes. That's a good reminder. It's, so. it's important in food, it's important with your seatbelt, it's important with your helmet. All of those things we want our children to do, we really need to be modeling those things too. I was just thinking about that yesterday with my screen time. Mm, uh, we try yes, to really be a, yep. smart about our kids and screen time. And I'm like, what summer's coming? I'm going to have to model good screen time <laughs> if I expect my kids to do this yes. too. So yeah, that modeling is, um, is really important. Good yep. reminder for that as well. Yeah. Um, Dr. Johnson, we have another question that came in. It says, what is your opinion or yeah, opinion on avinity for osteoporosis? Are you familiar with, is that a medicine or? Um, I know? think it, I mean, I need to look that up. Okay. I'm not familiar with that name. There are a bunch of new uh, osteoporosis prescription treatments um, that I know mostly by the generic names. Uh, and then, of course, there's a lot of um, kind of complementary medicine type things that uh, are marketed for various illnesses. I don't recognize the Avinity name. My So on our next break, I'll look that okay. up and then I'll come out we'll, with some information. We'll come back with that one. We'll check and make sure we know what um, yep, Avinity is before we answer that. Yeah. Perfect. 
Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. Perfect. So we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. Prairie Doc programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Hospice is medical care designed to maximize comfort and quality of life for patients facing terminal illnesses. Hospice provides pain management, emotional support, help with family care, and spiritual care to the patient and their family when a cure is not possible. Brookings Health System employs a caring team of professionals and volunteers sensitive to the changing needs of patients and family members during this difficult time. To find out more about hospice in the Brookings, South Dakota area, call 696-9000 or talk with your primary care provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. We have a few minutes left if you want to give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Dr. Johnston, did we give you a minute? Was that okay? We did. Okay. So this is indeed a prescription medication. It is a monoclonal antibody, which I think, you know, most of us are a little bit more familiar with the idea of monoclonal antibodies now uh, with the way that they've been used as treatment um, for the COVID-19. It is not considered a first-line therapy for the vast majority of people, but for people that have not had good responses to our more traditional therapy, it can be an extremely useful alternative. So that would be something if I had a patient that I was thinking might be uh, needing that type of, of uh, intervention. It's a newer medicine at this point. And just point. to interrupt real quick, we're talking about osteoporosis, osteoporosis. treatment options, yes. right? Okay. And so yes. um, when we're talking about osteoporosis, we're talking about bone bones that are very brittle, um, that have lost a lot of the calcium content of those bones that have Um, bone is usually a a matrix it's kind of like a mesh uh, that calcium is deposited into and as people age and their body is less efficient at recycling and making bone that matrix gets a lot thinner it gets to be much bigger holes in that matrix and the body is not very efficient at putting that calcium into those bones so there's a it's a multi um there's a lot of things that go into osteoporosis, and there's a lot of different places that we try to intervene. People will sometimes tell me, oh, but I take my calcium, which is important, mm-hmm. but your body has to be able to use that calcium once you've taken it. Your body uses your bones as a great big bank of calcium and will pull calcium in and out in order to keep the calcium in your blood where they want it. Calcium is important in, in muscles contracting and all kinds of other things. So your serum calcium, the calcium in your blood is usually pretty normal. If it's not normal, there's some problem, not with what calcium you're eating, but with the way your body is processing that calcium. Um, and those things can have a big effect on your bone. But anyway, um, 
we are treating osteoporosis because that is a condition where those bones are very brittle. Uh, we will sometimes see older people who, you know, I just turned over in bed and I got a fracture. Mm. Uh, I slipped in the kitchen and I broke my hip. Or sometimes I just went to take a step and I broke my hip. So it's not even a fall. It's just an everyday activity. So those are the things we're trying to prevent. And that is why I nag all my young patients about drinking their milk or their other good quality sources of calcium because I want that bank balance in their bones to be really, really high. Mm. So when they get older and their body's not as good at getting that calcium into the bones, they have a lot to work with. Younger patients, tell me, are you talking children? I, from or are you children. Talking, okay. I talk to people from the time they're, they're young. You know, you, you have only the first few decades of your life to build that bone balance. So you can still be building your bones, but you're getting close to the point where, right? I know. where you're not. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I am, I am at the point where I am just making withdrawals. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, so in conclusion, your um, thoughts on Avinity is that it's, it has a role. It's a promising treatment. It's not one that I'm familiar enough with to be able to say, okay, these are the circumstances where we would use it. These are the circumstances that we wouldn't use it. If it was something that I was considering for a patient, I would be asking from help, for help from someone with more experience with that particular drug. Okay. Before we wrap up, Dr. Johnston, tell us a little bit about the pediatric show that we're going to be watching tomorrow night. Um, we have, you have two localish yes. docs with you here. Dr. Sarah Smith, who mm -hmm. is one of my partners here in Brookings, and Dr. Tracy Perrett, uh, who is with Sanford up in Watertown. Um, and we will, it's a pre-taped show, so people won't be able to call in with their questions, but we sure covered a lot of ground in that show. So uh, tune in. You'll learn a lot of fun things. All right. Well, before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting, Television, and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. This week on Thursday, May 19th, Prairie Doc Deb Johnston will be discussing Raising Healthy Kids with Dr. Tracy Perret from Watertown and Dr. Sarah Smith from Brookings. So tune in tomorrow night on SDPB Television to learn more about raising healthy children. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Deb Johnston for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.